1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not contain or replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. G'day Australia, Glenn James here and John Pigeon, And today we are talking about new versus old property as yeah. a strategy. And this is. is a fascinating one. It is. And we just want to thank Sean Wellman and the team at Wellman Finance for getting behind my millennial property. You know, John, the good thing I like about a mortgage broker and you've probably liked this about using Sean yourself is you've got a property, you might have a second property. If you want to go again, you don't have to repeat your situation to a new employee at a bank like because mm. you've built that relationship That's up. That's right they're in your corner, Yeah, they go, all right, yep, I get it, John. You know your numbers. That's sweet. I'll help you execute and we'll do this together. It's not yeah. this. Every time it's a new employee, every time it's a totally, drama.
0: Totally. Yeah. I, last week, I'm discharging a mortgage and putting it with another lender, which Sean's doing on my behalf. But I had to speak to a bank uh, to sign off on some things. And to get back to them on a 1-300 number and um, who would I speak to, they didn't know who I spoke to last time and I didn't because I forgot and it was just a pain, just clunky as. So, Imagine to, doing that like with a new loan. For a new loan, yeah. that's right. Yeah, totally. Just, uh, totally. So, thank you,
1: Welly. So, thanks, Welly. Wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. Now, a question came in from Greg. I'm interested in your thoughts on the new versus old property debate. I know there are factors to consider. New properties have the benefit of less stamp duty and depreciation. Well, that's not always the case with stamp duty. but We'll get onto that. Also, should you ask for the releasing fee to be waived if the tenants stay in your investment property? So, there's two questions there. Mm. So, first, let's talk about new versus old. Yes. So, layman's term, it goes... Obviously, always goes back to your strategy. Okay. So, my strategy... With my first properties, I wanted brand new for the depreciation schedules. I wanted brand new because I didn't have the time to put up with shat breaking and all that stuff. I could get some exemptions from the government for brand new being... I think i got a stamp duty exemption for the new investment property, five grand. i got first homeowner by blah, blah, blah. So, that was all cool. But I guess it starts to change, John, if for example... I want to be specific in the region I want to get into and the types of property. So, for example, if you want a brand new penthouse as an investment property, you're not getting one in Bendigo or Ballarat probably. No. No. So... That was a really weird way to open that up. Yeah,
0: (laughs) No, that's cool. I run with it. Yeah. yeah, When I look at setting a strategy, and and thanks for the question, Greg, the three ways that we can create equity, buying at discount, adding value to something, and capital growth, right? Now, capital growth is the one thing that most of us want. But on that, you could do all three at once. And I'm going to that. Yep. So can we get all three at once? Absolutely we can. It's hard but it's possible. Can we get two out of the three? Absolutely and we should be looking for two out of the three every time we go and buy. right? But most people, most investors just look for capital growth by trying to identify an area to go and invest in and hope everything will work out okay and that's where maybe they fall down along with a hundred other reasons. But going back to Greg's strategy, new versus old, both definitely work. And you've got both in your portfolio, so have I. Which one's better than the other? Well, it's it's whatever's right for you at the time based on what you need, right? So he's right in the sense that he says new properties have the benefit of less stamp duty, only if you're buying raw land on its own, because the land value is less than a house with land, so you're only paying the stamp duty on the land value. But if there's a house on there, you're paying stamp duty on the whole lot. Um, the depreciation benefits, absolutely, because it's brand new. Anything that's brand new has maximum depreciation. It's a, usually a 30-year minimum depreciation schedule. The first 10 years of its existence are the highest depreciation figures per mm-hmm. year. And that benefits more higher income earners than it does lower income earners.
1: Do you think the new versus old comes into play with risk tolerance as well? Because for uh, yeah. me, I was a, a new investor yeah, and I don't know if I had the risk tolerance to buy an old heap of crap.
0: See, a lot of investors would say the other way around.
1: I know. They would wild, say, oh, I right? can
0: touch it. I can feel it. Even though it's old, I think I can add some value to it, which is one of our three- indicators yeah. or pillars whereas you've said well i don't mind the fact that it's going to be built in six months time i'll uh but the next 10 years is pain free because nothing will fall over mm. so it's a frame of mind isn't it but totally yeah look i, I think going back to those three add value buy a discount capital growth the the one thing that doesn't fit that bill from an add value point of view is buying something that's maybe 12 months or two years old.
1: Yeah, because what can you do? It doesn't need new carpet, doesn't need new paint.
0: Can't add value to it, so therefore you're relying on buying a discount, which in a moving market… Probably not going to happen, is …is it? harder. So you're then relying just on capital growth only. So a, a new build, um, whether that be duplex or house and land… We're adding value to the land, right, by by building on it. Um, an older property, we've got the ability to add value to it because it's 20 years old, it needs a good, decent reno or we might extend on because it was a, a 1980s cottage. So, yeah. So, I think – and it's funny like
1: these episodes, we don't really talk about these topics before we get on because we just save it for the podcast. But yeah, me personally, I'm thinking, oh, hang on. Maybe next time if I go again and I'm undecided whether I'll go again with the property for a while, mm. but maybe I've got the, in my perceived risk tolerance, maybe I've got the time now because I don't have a a different type of business that's really dependent on my time. Yeah. Maybe I do try and find that older property mm. in a good spot where you can go in, throw 10, 15 grand at it. Yeah. Because my whole thing was I couldn't stomach having to spend the money because I didn't know if I would have the money at the time
0: Mm -hmm.
1: for maintenance. On a reno. Yeah. Yeah. Or if if like you had an old property and the bloody foundation cracked and it cost 10 grand to fix a pier under it or something like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, a lot of investors decide, well, I don't want it really old and decrepit in another state because how am I going to manage the renos on that or, or the fixing up of something so that's why they may may go new versus old and that is that a reason to choose that strategy maybe maybe not but i, I think looking at your own situation and not ruling either of them out is uh, is the key there like people say well we stay save on stamp duty right is that the sole reason for going and building uh, a house and land absolutely not um, people say well the, there's the holding costs of the build and the time when it's not rented but what was saved on stamp duty, we're putting towards the hold on the build. So, one negates the other. Do you think
1: like with your, and I, I guess I'll put the challenge to you, for you to develop, even on the Solvair website, like an online matrix of like what yeah. type of property would be most suited to you and just ask you questions. Yeah. It's like how time poor are you? Do you like a brush and hammer? Yeah, And, and that doesn't mean you're buying a, a piece of shat in two streets away but no. if you do like or a brush or hammer, yeah. it might mean, all right, well, we'll buy one in the next state. We're going to fly down or whatever, yeah. spend a week there, buy all the tools there just and just get in and do it. You know what I mean? And yeah. just do some type of matrix yeah. which might show people that, look, based on what you've told us, you're probably leaning towards something within five years old, yeah. turnkey or whatever? Yeah, yeah, Have
0: you thought about doing something like that? Well, yeah. We, with our coaching, we we that's exactly what we do but… It's like a
1: sieve, isn't it? …in
0: a lot more depth. Yeah. We say, well, what's your risk profile? What's your strategy long-term? What's your thinking around X versus Y? And then we come to a conclusion that this is actually going to suit you best and, and away we go and execute that. So, in a roundabout way, we do that to have it on a website to just have a matrix set up and… Okay, I've solved the world's problems. Might uh, be a bit I, too I, I think it needs strict. to be more depth than that. Yeah. Like it's it's like in Shareland saying, "Well, do you fit blue chip shares, ETFs, bonds? Mm. Which one are you?" Mm. Follow this quiz. Yeah.
1: Um, that was just a thought. Yeah, no, because it's I'm thinking thought. about this and it's like it's just everything's everything goes through a sieve. It's like what are you? And it again, it it's, Bloody always comes back to your goals yeah. and what your strategy is.
0: Yeah, and, and I think like would I endorse buying old every time? Probably not. Would I endorse buying new every time? Probably not. So mm. I think as a it's a well diverse um, diversified portfolio is. is yeah, okay, still and key. that was my
1: next thing. It's like in a portfolio, would is it good to have a bit of a mix of both?
0: I think so. Like
1: I mean, okay, number one, sorry to cut you off, but I'll I'll say this and then you can I'm probably not keen on buying an old apartment or unit.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's that goes into another conversation point. Mm. What's going to be right for the markets at the moment? Totally. Like if we said Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne at the moment, we're probably not going into the apartment unit space anyway.
1: Mine was more around if I've got an old, like there was one around the corner. I looked at it. Years ago, yeah, uh, before I purchased it over here, and there was a special levy of ninety grand to put a new roof on it. Wow! And it's just like the older apartments get. There's just a higher chance of big capital works mm. that need to be done that are obviously planned. And we're putting money away in the sinking fund. Yeah. Or crap that comes out like, oh, the basement's got concrete cancer. We didn't know about it. Yeah. We need 200 grand to fix it. Like, to me, the risk is higher buying older apartments.
0: Yeah. And you're probably right, generally speaking, because strata disputes and fence disputes are the biggest tribunal issues for property owners. You, You think about two people trying to work out who pays for the fence and and I don't think we need a new fence. I think we do, blah, 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 goes to tribunal. Tenfold that when you've got 10 people in a strata complex. So I yeah, think that. there are definite issues in, in respect to that. Whereas if you've got an older property on your own land on its own title, then you control the whole lot. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a probably a good point there. But yeah, what works for you It's a complex issue and that's why we created the academy really was to think about what's going to be best for you but knowing what all indicators are first. I think Mm. understanding sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So alluding to all the facets, so looking at buying a discount, adding value, capital growth as those three to understand how many we're getting of those when we do buy um, if we're only getting, if we're only relying on capital growth, that's fine. But just own it. The question again, John, looks like, and I've just thought of it now, and it's
1: kind of been in the back of my mind, like because I'm buying that off the plan. Mm. I think I signed it in 2018, end of 2018. It'll be ready first quarter, first calendar quarter, 2021. Yep. I, I think, you know, there's no intention to to buy that and flip it. No, but I think once I've settled to let's put our finger on the pulse of the market. And if the ducks align, do we get out and then put that gain into an older, bigger block Yeah, for the future duplex from that episode we did. But I I guess it all goes down to strategy and at the time. But
0: is this your strategy meeting with me right now? I think so. Yeah. No, well, I, I think I, just, I think we're going to keep that because yeah. it'll get some good depreciation benefits. Totally. It'll, it's in a good location. Mm. It'll go up mm. long, anyway. ever after.
1: But, so yeah. I think that was a that was a good chat. And again, we probably haven't changed the world with the um with the view of new or old. But yeah, it's just an interesting discussion, and even just talking in this episode. My mind has been shifted a little bit from the start with no intention. Yeah. And I think that's kind of... It's a good thing because it just challenges your existing schemas because someone might be like, oh, I only buy old for this reason. And I was like, oh, I only buy new for this reason. So... I think it's just a healthy yeah. encouragement discussion,
0: for sure. No, no doubt about that. Thank you, Greg. Fantastic one, because uh, we do get a lot of uh, inquiries about which one do we do, and it's yeah, we need a few days to work that out personally. Yeah. Um, he just do we wanna answer oh, that yes. last one. Yeah, it's just very quickly we can we can cover off on that pretty quick. Uh, should releasing fee be waived if the tenants stay in your investment property? I would definitely Are they long? Yes. <laughs> if if I
1: had if I bloody had an investment property and they just signed another lease. Yeah. Bit of paper. Bit of paper. And yeah. the real estate agent turned around and said to me, Oh, you know, it's a week's rent or whatever, yeah, I'd tell them, Oh, don't worry. You're gone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> because yeah. I get it, re-signing if there's a new tenant, they might go in, update some photos and they have to Rock up and show people through, but yeah, yeah I, I think that would sure. be a bit rich in my mind.
0: Yeah, just but why he's asking is asking this? I presume is that it's it's signed off in the agreement at the start, and it just rolls over and it just gets taken out of their fees, mm. right? So another year goes by and another four hundred dollars comes out.
1: I, I would probably be inclined to negotiate an agreement at the start, correct, and, and just go. I don't want to ever pay a releasing fee ever.
0: Unless it it is vacant. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like
1: how bad it's it's commercial world. How bad do they want you on their books? Yeah, yeah. Well Which might mean you pay a higher percentage ongoing. I don't know. But yeah, it's just
0: you've just got to work that out. But de- yeah, I'd definitely be negotiating that one for sure. Sweet. Thanks, Greg. All right, Thanks, friends. Glenn.
1: Thanks, Greg. See you guys soon. All right, bye. bye. Special thanks to Wellman Finance, our podcast partner. Sean Wellman and his team are available to coach you
0: through your property journey, even if it's your first time. With expertise in investment and home loans, they're in your corner providing education and support as you take each step. For more info,
1: check out wellmanfinance.com.au forward slash M3. If you want to really turn up your property, education, and information journey, make sure you check out the Solvair Property and Finance Academy. This is an amazing online resource that John has put together. It's to empower and to give results to people who are either first-time buyers, whether for their home to live in or an investment property, or if you're a seasoned property investor, this online academy is for you. Check out the link in the show notes. It will change your life if you let it. If you're after personal financial advice, this podcast is not for you. But if you do want a financial advisor or mortgage broker to talk with about your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com, click get help and we'll put you in touch with one of our trusted professionals.